Hey, hey what's up? Check, microphone check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are we on, good. Curtis? Yeah, sound good. Okay, great. Okay, awesome. Hit that record button and we will begin. We're recording. All right, certified health nut in the house in an effort to bring you guys more fun, phenomena, and freedom. We are bringing on people with holistic perspectives, solution-based mindset, and uh, a good wheelhouse when it comes to health and healing. So without further ado, uh, Joseph Clement, is that you, brother? That is me, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, where, are you, where are you calling in from? I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, awesome. So give us a little background on who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my background actually is in logistics. So I started in event planning with my family when I was six years old doing uh, weddings and parties and things. And I went in the military for two years and then seven years in supply chain management. And I realized that after I hit the American dream, owned two houses and a new car and had all the benefits and all the things that I was miserable and, and unhappy. So I sold everything down to $0. And the very next year I made $12,000 was sleeping on a floor in someone's house with uh, 12 boxes in a car. And uh, I wanted to see what life really had in store or like what, what this whole thing was really about. So since 26 till now, I've been roaming around the world doing my thing and trying to understand like how to help people feel better and do different things and really just throw all the rules away. Because I realized we live in this egocentric world where it's like my way is better than your way and your way sucks. So you should do it my way. And then nobody does anything at all. So my whole idea is just to get rid of all the rights and wrongs and the rules and just do whatever the hell we want, however we want to do it. And uh, yeah, that's. Do whatever the hell you want. That's my message. <laughs> no, it's, a great, it's a great message, man. I love that. So Joseph, would you call yourself a minimalist? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I, I try to trim myself down to like, um, almost absurdity. So I love absurdity. That's my favorite thing. So like simplicity, simplicity to the point of absurdity. So like how, how few things can you possibly own and still survive? Wow. So take us through, I mean, look, I'm already, I've been a bit of a minimalist over the years and I was traveling as a model. And when you move cities, the last thing that you want is more stuff. And so I, I learned how to do that early on. Then I got married and my wife didn't understand. And it was an argument if you started talking about minimalism or stuff and buying stuff. So take us through a little bit of the psychological aspects of not having any, any stuff, not being necessarily aligned with the cultural paradigm of work, 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 driving a car, like be a normal person. So unpack right. the psychology of that for us, Joseph. Yeah, man. I, uh, I just kept collecting things. So like I, uh, I was 26 years old. I had two houses, one rented out, one, one I was living in. Everything's fully furnished. I had all the, the home theater systems and a new car and everything was like, you know, I had anything and everything I wanted. But I was working 70 hours a week. I was on call 24-7. I was absolutely miserable. I wasn't healthy. I got, uh, I was taken out of work. Um, they thought I was having a heart attack. So I was at 26. And then uh, I just realized I was like, you know, what the hell is the point of all of this stuff? 
of having all these things if you if you're not happy having them. So I literally put sold both houses. I walked out of my job. I re, I uh, cleaned out my desk on a Friday, Monday morning. I resigned and uh, sold everything. I, I had all. I put my basically everything in my house on Craigslist. Okay, stop right had, there. Stop yeah, right ahead. there. Okay. Now, what was the psychological aspect of your coworkers, of your boss? Did you go from zero to hero uh, in, in a week? Or was this a little bit of a progression? And, and take us through, you know, what was the oh, reaction? Like, of was your- it just like, a, 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 like a, a cutoff where I just said, fuck it, and just like left? Yeah, take us much- to- Take, take us through the psychology. That must have been that must have been interesting for your boss and your coworkers. To yeah, take every, us through everybody that. pretty much thought I lost my mind. Everybody just thought I, every, my family, my friends, are like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, like, you know, you have all these things. Like, what's going on? Like, is there something wrong?" And I was like, "No, it's just fucking bullshit. Like, I don't want it anymore." So my so they pulled. They, did they try and pull a Kanye West on you and get you into some bipolar medication and? get you yeah. to see a psychiatrist no man i uh my family has given me autonomy my whole life that was the beauty of it was like i never had curfews i never had any of that shit i was just like you know i roamed around did my thing um you know so my my mom was like oh it's just joe because i was always like just like i just did where the fuck i wanted to so she was just like you know that was her phrase like oh it's just joe you're just doing what you're doing uh, my boss was like, uh, me, me, help me clean your desk out. I was like, no, I did that two days ago already. I'm good. And, uh, so I left that and I just, um, yeah, it was like, it was just like this switch that went off in my head where I was like, what the hell am I doing? So I was like, I got rid of everything. And I was like, well, what do I do next? So I was like, my whole dream was to live in the, in the islands, live in the Caribbean. So I was sitting there going, well, I can move down there, but how the hell do you make any money living in the islands? So I went to massage school for a year and then moved to St. Thomas right after I graduated and lived down there for four months. So I just pretty much said, fuck it. I mean, that was the psychology behind it was just like flipping a switch and saying like, what, what really actually matters to any of this? I really wanted to get down to like the fucking, like, like strip it down to like nothing and just start over. Right. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to mess with some camera angles. I have a gimbal I was trying to set up with. Um, so, okay. So uh, you've been doing this since 2006, which is 14 years. Yeah. Actually, and uh, uh, you're in Raleigh, North Carolina currently? That is correct. Why did you choose that? And do you have a motorhome, a van? What are you living in right now? Um, I'm living with my girlfriend in our apartment and actually I signed a commercial lease actually, um, a year and a half ago, which has been like, I thought I wanted this, like, I'm going to build my business and have this like place and like have all these people come in and work for me and all this stuff. And, and then my minimalism kept kicking in and I kept like stripping it down and stripping it down. I'm like, now I have this anchor. So that's been a whole thing with the pandemic was like, you know, trying to get rid of this building that I don't need anymore. Um, but the plan so is, to va- now is, is to go mobile with everything that I have. Okay, cool. So you vacillating in between materialism and minimalism. You, you yeah. cut all your ties, but you're living in society. And so you're kind of the needles moving back 
and 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 forth a little bit. You're still trying to fit fit your square peg into the round hole. Uh, is that the truth? Yeah, I uh, I was like maybe I had enough of that. Maybe I want to go back the other way a little bit. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to go back the other way. So like it kept kind of ebbing and flowing. And you know, I um, I found a lot of help through plant medicine. So it kind of kept as soon as I would try to figure out like I want something and then it would tell me I didn't want anything and it would take it back away again. So then, you know, so I basically listen to mom and whatever mom tells me to do, that's what I do. So. Mother, mom being the ayahuasca. Yes. 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 So what are some of the messages that you've gotten from plant medicine? I mean, your journey, Joseph, so you've got, you know, this isn't Mickey Mouse. You've, you've been at it for 14 years and you've vacillated between. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the beginning, you know, when you got rid of your stuff. How did you feel? And then did you ever get stuck in a position where you wished you had a home or you wished you didn't sell that car or that, that canoe or boat or fishing rod? Like, take us through that experience or was it always just freeing right out of the gate well it was um it kind of went back and forth because there's some times where like i was there's a lot of people i always say like don't, there's a lot of people that don't know what hungry feels like and when i say hungry it means like you know trying to come up with 90 cents to go to the wendy's to buy a do something off the dollar menu like hungry you know and like hitting some of those points it kind of psychologically messes with you're going well maybe did i do the right thing i mean is am i happy am i like you know, do I really need anything? And so it was kind of like, um, there was some moments where, you know, maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe I should go back. And there was like a period about six years into it where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try getting my a new, a logistics job again. And I'll try that. And then I couldn't, because I don't have a college education at all. So they're like, well, now you need five years of experience and a college education to get your job back. And I was like, well, what the fuck? So I was like, maybe I don't need that. So I just kept like bouncing around. I would move like five. Let's four, let's five stop. Places. Let's stop there for a second. Yeah. Let's just stop there. Guys, this is the world we live in. The brother was already a supply chain captain. Whatever he did to do that, he had the, the knowledge base in there. But somebody cock blocked him. Somebody was the gatekeeper right out of the gate because he didn't have some type of mainstream educational programming uh it didn't match up to corporate ideologies i mean you can get some raw talent from people that don't you know some of the most extreme people in the fields don't have necessarily training in that field uh so why would you why would you just toss somebody out like that but i guess that's the corporate structure so let me ask you a question he hadn't been around for six years then you start playing the corporate game for about six minutes <laughs> and I'm sure you probably want to run in the opposite direction with all this fuckery and bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was like, once that all started again, I was like, do I really want to be like controlled by all of that? Do I really want to like go back into this whole world where like you're playing all the politics of who you can talk to, who you can email. And that was the best part. Like when I left my job, cause I like to, I love absurdity. So like, I was like, you know, I'm going to blow this thing out of the water. So I was on a first name basis with the owner of the company and I was like, so I, so when I resigned, I sent a two page type letter to the owner of the company telling him all the things that had changed in the time I was, I was there and what was wrong and what, what isn't there anymore and what's happening. 
And so while, on the way out, I had meetings with pretty much every manager between him and myself, telling me, asking me all these questions and like, you know, berating me and like, yo, why'd you say that? Why'd you do this? They were berating you? Oh yeah. They're like, down? you think, you think you're like uh, all this and like, you think you did this. And I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. Like six months after I left, they laid 300 people off. So I couldn't have been too far off. Ah, ah. so talk about that a little bit. So yeah. You saw so that. Just, did you see that coming? I did because like, so when I was on, on call all the time in the beginning working there, I could call in at three in the morning because I had to be on call and anybody that answered the phone could help me. And then as, as I, and then, you know, there was like the whole, like, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, it was take care of your people, take care of your people. Then it, and it became like shareholders first, shareholders get all the money and then you get whatever's left. So we went from like thousand dollar Christmas bonuses and bottles of wine and dinners and all this kind of stuff to like shit. And then every time I would call in, I would get transferred three or four times to try to get someone to help me in the middle of the night. Mm. So it just started depleting and just started depleting. So like I have this phrase that I work off now with my company and like the way I live my life is that the precision of a well-designed system is predicated on the quality of the relationships of those operating and living within it. So your company can have all the best shit you want. You can have all the, all the money and like all the best toys, but if all your people walk out or don't give a shit about you, then you have nothing. Right. Yeah. I realize that. So is that what you do? Is a consultancy to help um, to to do you go back into the corporations? You're working with the individual proprietors. Like how, how what's your business? Well, my that business sounds right, like a good service. Yeah. So right now I just been uh, still kind of fucking around. Like I haven't really I, I started working with a design team. I um, so they're helping me package all of my stuff. I uh, my brain was always programmed to make things smaller, right? That's where the minimalism came in. So it was like starting in logistics since I was a child. And then one of the things I realized during the pandemic, because someone mentioned a couple of years ago, is I realized I'm autistic. Oh, you mean talented. So the mathematics of it was like, how, how simplified can you make something? How small can you make it? So Everybody's like, why aren't you making any money? And I was like, but I'm not done simplifying yet. I'm not done stripping away all the bullshit to find out what the, what the, um, the least common or the, the lowest common denominator is or what the, the smallest piece of this thing is, smallest piece of this puzzle is. And then we can build off of that. It's like that uh, first principle innovation. Ah, that's, that's exactly what my heart and soul is at. Have you read my book yet? I have not. I just uh, learned about you actually from uh, John. So that's why I was just kind of like, I was interested in finding more out about you. Cause I didn't you, uh, I heard you had lived in the Amazon for a while. Yeah. I worked with an herbal company down there and I would travel to and fro. Um, but just talking to you, just talking to you guys right now, uh, I'm realizing I'm just talking to you right now, Joseph, that uh, maybe we should work together because um, that level of expertise and, and simplification and utilizing of first principles, like I want to boil it all down to zero. Like, what do we actually need? Right. What do we actually need? Right. How can we function and streamline from the absolute minimal? And I was just making videos um, as well with my team here, and we were talking about uh, most people are overtraining. And they don't even realize the stress factors. So really boiling it down to first principles, what, what the human body needs, 
you know, what the human populace needs and requires, and then building systems around that. So I'm very interested in building systems that are aligned with biomimicry, uh, systems that are efficient. And obviously, I don't even like talking bad about the existing systems because I'm still using them. I'm still using gasoline. I'm still using petrodollar. Uh, the mortgage, you know, banking scenario, I think is a bunch of bullshit. And I'm in a position to buy a house right now, but I don't want to be a slave to a bank. I've always rented. I like being free. I think there's so many illusionary elements were sold. And oh, if yeah. you go down to first principles of banking, it's a debt slave system. It's fake money. Uh, it's a made up idea. Um, and, I switched. Uh, uh, I, I started calling uh, money bobs a few years ago. So I'm like, I'll trade you my, this this many bobs for this this thing. So like, I don't even call them dollars anymore. I kind of just took away that whole word out of my system. Well, I, I I love that. All right. So speak more into existence. You're breaking up with your company. Uh, the you the the good relationships that you had. You, the crab started crawling out of the bucket, and the rest of the crabs tr tried to drag you back down. Pick, pick the story back up from there. Yeah, so I just, um, I just realized that I didn't, I don't need, uh, I don't have emotional attachments to things. So for people, places, or things, it was like, um, don't be attached to anything that you can lose. So I just kept walking. You know, I just kept going on my own, my own way, and realized I could, I could still care about other people. There was a thing I heard, uh, it was probably a decade ago, and it says character is caring, it's just not that much. So you care about the well-being of other people, you care about their health and like, you know, who they are and how they are. But um, you don't have to know everything there is to know about them. Like they're great people and I'm sure they're like awesome, but I don't need to know who you are. I don't need to know anything about you. So it allowed me to kind of just like stay on my path and just keep like, I meet these people, I learn from them. They're like my little like sages along the way. Like it's really gamifying life. It's really just going like, here's this person I'm gonna gain some information from. But a lot of people are just avatars. They're not even like, they're part of your world and you care that for their safety. But like, I don't really know, I don't really care to know anything about you. So it could sound cynical, but in the, in the grand scheme of it, like I have my own thing and I can do my own thing my way. Well, for me, for me, Joseph, uh, that comes down to emergent present moment reality. And I just want to tie this into my own experience because I'm experiencing it myself and I want to help maybe tie it in for other people in their lifestyle. So, yeah, I mean, I boiled my working philosophy into emergent present moment reality and just trying to deal as best I can and, and, now that I'm a little bit famous on the, on the internet and people are coming up to me at coffee places and public places and, and recognizing I love people. Uh, and another dimension I just want to add is, you know, I grew up my beard and my hair after a divorce and I stopped giving a fuck basically. It's not that I don't care. I care deeply. I care deeply about humanity. I care deeply about my brothers and sisters but I don't give a fuck if you like me. I don't give a fuck if you like my ideas. If you're on the, if you're on my team, great. I support you, but you still have your own dominion and you still have to go after your own manifest destiny. You still have to create. I'm here to help, but I'm not here to drag you through, through the finish line. So no, I, I, you're spot on, man. Absolutely. spot so, on. So it's like, fuck with me if you want, fuck with me if you don't want, or don't fuck with me, you know, get in the yeah. bus, 
get 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 in the Cadillac or get the fuck out of the way, you know, because we're we're going to the promised land. We're ushering in peace on earth here. Um, heaven on earth is 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 already here. We just have to realize it. And so yeah, these are the messages I keep speaking into existence. But I have a wife that's unwinding from her industrial age job, and she doesn't feel complete if she's not cracking the whip. And I noticed that she was working with some of my teams and some of my vendors, and she was being like, dit, 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 dit. you got to be like, and people psychologically don't want to deal with that. As you just illuminated, people want to deal with um, – They don't. What did you say? Something about the relationships. If, if oh, the yeah. relationships go, you don't have a business. Yeah, you don't have so, shit without without that. Like, and you have to like. That's the thing with like our companies right now. If and what uh, we, let we me can't change. And, yeah, and go ahead. Joseph, go ahead. And what what tethers everyone to it is the fake money supply. People will put up with shit from other people and their shitty job and their shitty pay because they're just getting fitting getting along you know going along to get along and so and it's all operated out of fear and as enlightened as some people think i am or whatever i still am in this relationship with a woman who's working in the industrial world that's completely miserable and she's not happy unless she's miserable and then she quits that job and she's still attached to that that energy because she didn't go through the same process as you did she took a 10 or 15 years process of hating the job that she was in, not having two houses, not having all the material wealth. So it's almost that opposite. It seems like all roads are going to end up leading to the realization that you've come to and I've come to and try to adopt as much into my lifestyle. So anyways, I didn't want to steamroll you. I no, really want good, to hear man. much more of your philosophy. So keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, really... So I built this system that I actually did. Every time I would have an injury or something happened, I would work on myself. I would figure out a way to heal myself. So using the logistical mindset, I kept studying different avenues of medicine and dance and movement and infant field development and all these, like realizing that we're just bigger, uglier babies. And we keep splitting medicine into like, Oh, you're this age, you need this medicine. You're this age, you need this medicine. You're this age, you need this medicine. But we're still the same organism from the time we're born to the day we die. So what I kept deducting down, was like, I was looking what we do with adults. And like, I was helping teach classes where we were uh, doing infant movements with adults. And they're going, see, you can't even crawl right. And see, you're not even rolling over right. And I was like, but you wouldn't stop a fucking child and tell them they're crawling wrong. So like, why are you telling an adult they're crawling wrong? So as I kept watching that, I created this phrase that I give people every time I do any sort of work with them is it's there's this phrase is that there are no rules. There are no rights and wrongs and you can do anything you want. I mean, yeah, something dude. using something to touch. Yeah, dude, that's, that's my philosophy. You can't do it wrong. I you love it. Wrong. There's no wrong. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's literally your way. And I think everybody's like, there, there's this world of uh, social media right now that I would say is like, my way's better than your way and your way sucks, but I don't have the courage to do it my way. So I'm going to make fun of your way. And now that I made fun of your way and I made fun of, you made fun of my way. We're not going to, nobody's going to fucking do anything because we're all scared of each other's opinions and we don't value our own. <laughs> <laughs> the world has changed. I think that's why people get a kick out of me because I literally don't give a fuck. 
and I'll uh, and I'll try almost anything without being reckless. I do have a limp in my leg right now because I took my new electric bikes. Um, they're fat tire. They're not really full suspension motocross bikes, but uh, yeah. I took them off on the trails anyways. Oh, yeah. And I learned <laughs> I learned four big lessons really quick between that and my skateboard. It's like, stop being so reckless, Troy, and get some better patterns and uh, maybe get some protective gear as well. So I'm still limping a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, so, you gotta know when to, like, it's our self-preservation. So there's like, we have to make sure our, uh, our, our drive for wanting to like experiment with ourselves doesn't take us past the point where we're gonna, you know, take ourselves out. So what I did yeah. was like, I, I basically deducted everything down to like, as my dentist calls some of my stuff, she goes, you just build a giant pack and play for adults. And I was like, it's the same fucking thing. Like, I just have this seven foot cuboid that made out of PVC pipe with 10, 10 cords through it with 50 colored balls inside of it. And I just give people tasks to do with no rules or rights and wrongs. I was like, use your right hand to touch all the reds and the left hand to touch all the blues. And it's fascinating to watch people that are absolutely terrified to make a mistake when I've already told them they can do anything they want and there's no way to do it wrong. And they'll spend a minute terrified to touch the red ball because they think they're going to touch the wrong color. And I was like, if you're that scared to do something in a place you can do nothing wrong, then how are you living your life outside? So it's so what absolutely do you, fascinating. What do you, are you, so how do you work with clients? Are you working one-on-one? coaching people on mindset and success or are you working on psychological patients or as a healer because people are so stuck like please explain how you work with people yeah it's really um i want to the the basis of what i do is i call it the zero point field which is i want to meet somebody right where they're at through the mathematics of it or meet, meet you mentally emotionally and physically right where you're at so I use the premise of logistics and saying, you're going to go from this point A to this point B, any way you want, any way you can, but you can't use this thing. So we'll say, go from two chairs that are 20 feet apart, and you're going to go from this chair to that chair, but you can't crawl or walk. And any other thing you want to do is completely okay. And I let them kind of be in that present awareness state and try to solve their own puzzle safely on the floor. And then before that, I will talk to them about like, what do they want out of it? Is it something like a woman the other day, she goes, I feel really stuck. I feel like I'm not sure how to get past where I'm at. And it's interesting when I give someone like, touch all the reds and touch all the blues and they stop after they've touched it all one time. And they're like, okay, that's it. I touched them once. And I was like, well, if you're stuck, here's the thing. I never told you to stop after touching them one time. You made up that rule on your own. And I help them kind of get past that. Because the other thing that happens a lot is that after I tell them that there are no rules or rights or wrongs, I get this like, um, so can I do it this way? And I'm like, well, sure. I mean, you can do it that way or that way or whatever the hell way you want to do it. So it, it took a lot for me to check my own ego because I have to watch people do things wrong and go, it's cool. Like your way will work. Like that's a great way to do it. I don't know how long it'll take you, but have you thought about doing it this way? So it's really like helping people get out of this like stuck place and realize that they can be free in their own body again and then help them use that in real life. Take this small space of going, you now broke through this barrier of what you thought was right or wrong or what you thought you could or couldn't do. And now you feel like this. And I allow that and I try to help them 
coach them into the rest of the world of going, here's how this correlates to your life outside of here. So, cause we need safety. Our nervous system needs safety. It's that self-preservation thing. So if I can take them to their safest place, sitting on the floor with no rules or rights and wrongs, and we're playing with blocks, four or five colored blocks on the floor. And I'm going to give you simple little things to do and allow you to find yourself back. And I have a lot of people that are like, it feels like I'm doing jujitsu by myself. That's been a, a thing that I've heard of numerous times because you're putting these really hard positions of like, you're safe on the floor, but you have to use your right elbow and your left knee, but your hands and feet can't touch the floor and you have to solve this puzzle. So it sounds like, it sounds like you're really wrestling with people's perceptions um, and helping them break free of the mind prison that they put themselves in. Is that, does that sound accurate? Yeah. Yeah, because like I just took my my basis of logistics and go, we're just a, like humans. We're just a ball of energy moving through space relative to something else, or an uncontrollable variable within a space of controlled variables. So if I have a driver that picks up a load at one place and delivers it 200 miles away, any way they can around all the traffic and all the parking lots and everything like that, it doesn't matter how they get there as long as they do it legally. Well, us as people going from point A to point B on the floor, there's no fucking laws. So you can literally use any bit of your creative mind to get from point A to point B, any, like however you want. So I allow them to just be them. I want them to just be, I want, I want people to find out who they actually are before the entire world told them to be somebody else. Well, and I'm always teaching that uh, mind is an embodied process. So there is really no separation of body and mind. So you're, you're giving them a brain teaser that they have to pull off uh, in their body. Is that correct? Yeah. That's why I like the koan so much. It's like, uh, you know, what's the sound of one hand clapping? So it's kind of like uh, everything I did is based in Eastern philosophy or like the master student because two kids can play together playing the blocks or in the cube, but the same child could go to a behavioral therapist and have them help them with the same problem playing the same games. It's just how much you know about the human behavior and what you can help somebody with using the same tools. So my, this whole time I've been building this, I get the question like, well, who's your market? And I was like, people, because it's a tool that can be used by anybody based on how much you know and how much you can help the person that, that you're observing playing. Well, that's, you that's, a, that's exactly what I was gonna ask you. And actually a lot of my marketing branding people are like, who do you wanna serve? And I'm like, humans. Yeah, oh, you can't. You got to go niche. And I'm like, well, okay, fine. You go niche. You go niche. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it's tough, man. Because I was like, everybody wants you to market, market, market to like the one little thing. Who are you going to market to? And I was like, I built this tool that people want. I mean, I've had, I had psychiatrists. I've had uh, personal trainers. I've had uh, doctors that all want my stuff for like two years now. And I'm like, but it's my thing and I'm not really ready for it yet. So I'll let you know when I'm ready. So right before the pandemic, I actually got invited to the University of London to present my work to a neuro theoretical neurobiology group. And I was like, I was excited to go, but now because of the pandemic, I haven't got to go yet. But now I know so much more about myself through isolation and through like, you know, going through all the shit that we've been going through and learning about myself and about people even more. Because really what I'm watching, you know, I can zoom in and zoom out, right? So when I say tell somebody to use the right hand and touch the red ball and the left hand and touch the blue ball, 
and give a thousand people that same task, a thousand people will play it a different way. Well, right now, the 7.4 billion people are focusing on the red ball together at the same time. We're all focusing on one external stimuli. So you can watch the entire globe, you can watch each country, you can watch each city, each state, each demographic, each person reacting to the exact same stimuli. And it's absolutely fascinating to watch humans focus on the same thing, all in different ways. It is any way wrong? Not really. I mean, you're doing the best you can with what you got. So you're starting to work with doctors and stuff right now. I mean, are you, uh, I mean, who's, who's got their eye on you and, and how can you interface into larger and bigger uh, populations? Because the thing, Joseph, that I get from here is, A, I want you on my team. B, I want to help you do whatever you're doing. Uh, and C, you have technology for the solutions, for baseline solutions for humanity at where we're at. And I haven't even heard your whole philosophy or seen all your tools. I just get it. And so, um, so yeah, what is your little business plan offering? Who are you working with right now? Who do you want to work with? I want, I, I'm actually looking for right now, I'm actually looking for friendly capital. I want people that, I've told people that have offered me capital before. I'm like, I don't want money just to get money. Like, I don't want dirty money. I don't want shitty money. Like, I would rather wait. So my whole philosophy was I'm just going to keep building until the money comes to me. I want someone that really cares about what I'm doing. Because I know I waited long enough to build what I call the infinity loop into my products because I know other people have more technology. I know that people are going to steal my work at some point. And the point was, is if you steal it, humanity still wins. So that was That's the whole right. point. I would rather I wait it. and go like, Oh, you want to take it? Well, guess what? If you take it, no matter how you work it, no matter how you play with it, everybody still wins in the end. So what I found out through therapy was that, or through uh, the guy in uh, London that I've been talking to, he's published over a thousand papers in neuroscience and psychology. So I got a personal invite from him to come over there. So I have a lot of like, my whole thing was like, I don't have a, a college education, but I want to change medicine. I want to change the, the landscape of healthcare. So I had to keep going long enough to where I wouldn't get crushed by anybody and that I pop out of like a mole out of the fucking ground and going, Oh, here I am. I guess you should have listened to me five years ago. So, so now when, now when you say crush healthcare, not crush it, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exp exponentiate it, heal humanity. Let's, right. let's say that, right. When you say I want to heal humanity, can you explain or give us the elevator pitch on your tool, your technology or whatever it is? Cause it sounded like to me, most of what you explained to me earlier was all psychological. And I do realize that the final battlefield is on the human mind. So let's, let's hear your elevator pitch. Uh, you know, give it, give it two or three minutes if you need that amount of time, but really explain what your offer is. Yeah. So there's a, there's a quote from Nikola Tesla that is the basis of everything that I do is that most people are sick because they forgot how to play. So I want to teach people, adults and everybody that we don't have to stop playing. So from the time you're a child to the time you're dead, like we don't have to stop playing. So I want people to realize that I'm going to give them these tools that you can play with kids together. You can play from the day you're born to the day you die. 
So in therapy, you have the tools you use to work person to person because the only way we heal is through the validation from another human being validated for your feelings and your emotions and your mistakes and your decisions. And then moving from there into technology, we can go into human performance and add machine learning and IoT to the blocks in the cube and let that collect the data and you can start playing the game and the IoT will track how fast you play the game and then keep adjusting your speed of how, you're, how much you're playing or what your end game is by milliseconds every day. So I wanted, to create, I wanted to create a game that we can play from the day we're born to the day we die and never run out of a game to play. And what's and what what is the IoT? What does that stand for? Uh, Internet of Things. So each of the objects are connected together through Bluetooth. So then we can collect the data. So my end game is to be able to create um, customized precision medicine down to the zip code that someone lives in. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we need new technologies to make sure that these uh, uh, the Internet of Things doesn't enslave us. And so. Uh, well, you know, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very interested in, uh, in, in working with you and continuing to talk, maybe doing a session with you and my wife. We've got our own challenges in this modern day. And I think my wife is not far off at all. Her heart's in the right place. It's just that her mind is so locked in to industrial age thinking and she's Korean as well. So she's got all that, you know, <clears throat> the cultural up, stuff, yeah. Well, up and down that peninsula, they raped and pillaged those women and children for thousands of years, Japanese and Chinese. So that definitely right. is in her nervous system. And, uh, and you know, her heart is in the right place, but she's still caught up in, in the systems. It's funny, though, because one of her good friends and her plant medicine brothers is Ryan from the Minimalist podcast. Do you know who he is? I don't. So anyways, these guys are pretty famous, I heard, and, and uh, they've got a really good minimalist podcast and, uh, okay. and a, a couple books that are out there as well. Um, but again, I tried to sell this ideology to her early on because that's the way I lived my life. You don't need to go to Target and buy a little trinket. You could either get it from the thrift store or you could use what you have, you know? And so... Uh, but that was too much of a stress to have a conversation with a woman that was driving downtown with industrial chemicals everywhere, clogging her nose passages and having to make money in an industry that was being shifted by amazon.com overnight, basically. Uh, and something that she was totally adept at and good at. And uh, it was just psychologically, it was, it was a trip to witness and it was painful as a husband to try and save and rescue and make things safe for her. But so locked in the old mind, do you, do you get what I'm saying? The old Joseph? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I watch it all the time. I've worked with over a thousand people in my system and it's just like mind blowing to watch how much of these old things are just in there. And I'm like, you know, my whole idea was like, can we, I had a client ask me this one time because she had a, it was in a car accident like 40 years ago and I was able to help her. Um, I, I end up causing anger in a lot of my clients because they're like, they spent tens of thousands of dollars to try to get better. And then I help them over the course of a year, I help them in like four or five sessions. They're like, that was it. And I was like, well, I mean, kind of, it took you, know, it, it took looking at it a certain way. So, but 
she asked me this question. She goes, why weren't you born when I had my accident? And then it, it made me think about it for a while. I was like, well, why can't I be born when you had your accident? Because time isn't real anyways. So time is just a, an illusion that we've created in our own mind and all these like barriers that we create with it. So why can't I address like cognitive behavioral therapy does go back to when you felt this way? Well, if I go back to saying like, just try to make this decision with no rules, rights, wrongs, and do anything you want and try to make this decision and see how it makes you feel. And then whether you moved an inch or a foot or 10 feet, you still move forward past your fear of that decision. And then you can keep building the decisions and building the, the intensity of the decisions. Because I tell people this all the time. It's like, I'll have the cube set up at a health fair and this guy will be in there and they think it's really simple because it's just this box with balls and strings in it. And they think it's going to be this super simple thing. And then they have this really hard time with it. And they're like, man, I thought it'd be a lot easier than this. I was like, well, you're basically moving by yourself spontaneously in ways you've never moved before by 12 strangers watch you. So you're basically dancing by yourself in front of a bunch of people that don't know that you don't know. So I really help people break down this idea of being embarrassed and try to find themselves being themselves, no matter who's watching them. Kind of unfuck themselves. So uh, that, uh, that's my take on it. But um, yeah, this whole embarrassment thing, talk much more into that because, you know, again, my wife and I only use my own, you know, on my own platform in my book, everything I use my own personal experience. Cause I think that's all the only place I can really speak from authority. Um, but yeah, this whole, I lived in Asia as well. I lived and worked in Japan and this whole there idea of okay. sa saving face, right. They will, they will not embarrass themselves. They will not even say no to embarrass themselves. They'll, they'll say, they'll say they'll do that. Or like the Indians, they'll do that. Right. You know, as opposed to saying flat out, no, and offending someone. So this whole idea of offending someone, of being embarrassed, these are psychological constructs, cognitive constructs that, that affect the physical. So what you're saying is you're using the physical to kind of unwind the mind that's been set up with all these barriers and limitations, but we are unlimited beings, yes? Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, because I've, I've shadowed work with kids, I've done work in pediatrics, I've done work with like elderly and, you know, watching the age groups change from watching little kids play in the cube and they're like little ninjas flying around with no care in the world. And then as we keep getting older, we keep slowing down or like second guessing ourselves and changing our decisions. And then as adults are like, you know, is anybody watching me or I'm afraid I hear this all the time too. And I send someone home with the blocks and they're like, well, I'm afraid what I'll look like to somebody else. And I'm like, you live by yourself. What are you talking about? So like you're afraid to be embarrassed to yourself. Like that's the craziest thing about it. But what we do is that, you know, from zero to five, you should do this by now and this by now, and you're not hitting your milestones. You're not doing this by now. And then it goes into, well, you're too old to be doing that. You shouldn't do that anymore. You're too old to do that. You're too old to do that. And then now you're like, you haven't done this by now. You haven't done this by now. You haven't done this by now. And it keeps going back and forth our whole life to like, am I following the plateau? Am I hitting the plateaus I'm supposed to be hitting? And we keep doing that back and forth. So I think the embarrassment comes from the fact that Oh, I don't, I didn't buy my, I didn't graduate college by 22. I didn't get married by 25. Like, I can't believe I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. 
Like there's some sort of right way of doing something. And we aren't, we're like, so one thing that's really helped me, because I say this all the time, is like the more we measure ourselves, the less ourselves we are. So we have to let all that go. So I haven't followed days of the week in over, in over two years. I, I follow months of the year. Mm. So I stay in flow basically from month the beginning of the month to the end of the month. And then I change months. But I don't go. Everybody's like, you work the weekends? And I was like, I don't fucking call them weekends. I just it, It's either light or dark. I wake up at the same time. I go to bed at the same time. And I do my thing throughout the day. Like stoicism, they always say live every day as if it's a brand new life. So like you die every night when you go to sleep and you're born every morning when you wake up. And I just follow days of the month. So I really don't care. Like you tell me it's Sunday and it'd be Wednesday and I wouldn't know the difference. Dude, I just want to hang out with you, bro. I mean, I do a lot of interviews and my team sets this up and you're probably one of the most interesting down to earth guys that I could change the world with. So, um, let you know let's let's get it down into the practical how can people interface with that cube how can people interface with you obviously you're in north carolina right now um but you have a website do you have uh yeah so the the new website we're working on right now it's it's pretty much finished is uh movetherapy.org so you can check you can contact me on there what i have learned during the pandemic because i was doing everything in person with everybody I started doing beta sessions with, pe with people to find out if the feeling that people were getting from using the blocks with me in person was, was equal to what they would get virtually. So the cube, I don't really know how we can work with it um, virtually all that much yet, other than that the room you live in, the house you live in, we all live in our own cubes. The cube is just a box of the reality that you're currently in. So I help people see outside of the reality that they're stuck in because that's the problem is we can't see ourselves past ourselves. So that's why there's only certain people are visionaries and some aren't because right now, especially people are kind of freaking out because they have to now try to figure out what they see for themselves five years down the road or even next year because everything is changing. They, they, the whole world got, the rug got pulled out from under you. So now you have to figure out what you see for yourself outside of this or where you're going, because it's all different. So the cube is just the room in your house. It could be your wood shop or your kitchen and your, each red ball is where, the red ball is where the sink is and the green ball over there is where the stove is and like the spices are up here where the blue ball is. And like, you're just moving around in different ways. And you're being confident in that you're getting the things you need from wherever they're at. And you're building, you're, you ever watched the Lego movie? Yes. So the master builders where they just grab things out of the air. That's the cube. That's all it is. It's fireworks thinking like what's in my reality right now that I can bring together to build something with. And then now I can use that to change my reality, to change what I need for myself. So so the blocks I do with people right now, I do a weekly workshop on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. So it's tonight at 6. And we basically do blocks. So all you need at home is just uh, random objects. You can have four or five random objects. You can have 50,000 random objects. It doesn't fucking matter. That's the whole thing I keep trying to tell people. It's like how many you have, it doesn't matter. Because all I'm going to do is give you something to use and something to touch. And I create them, I make them up on the spot. So actually what I realized, I was mirroring my own system back on myself because I was doing randomized instinctual movement or play in front of a thousand people I don't know. 
So my ego kept taking these hits every year, every week where I'm going, holy shit, I'm a different person every week because I was like playing completely randomly and speaking about what I'm doing in front of thousands of people I don't know and just sharing it with the world. And it's been a complete mindfuck to me to like, to use my own, realize I'm using my own system on myself. It sounds like I'm using your system too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I get on, when I get on stage, I try and get some bullets when I go on TV, just to make sure that I can actually hit the marks of what the questions that they're asking. But eventually I just go back into my own dimension and I've studied what I've studied for so many years and I am who I am and I trust myself. I've learned how to trust myself. And so I really just put myself in front of people. Actually, if I have less time to prepare and more crunch time, like I was out on the trail with you and I didn't know, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that I was on a podcast right now. So I used my frustration and I just got on the phone and the magic started to happen. Uh, and so, cause I don't like to cancel podcasts or cancel appointments or anything. So I just got on, on, on the phone with you and, and the magic started to happen. And I've learned to trust that over the years. And now talking with you, I will continue to trust it even further. Um, the magic's amazing. Like I've, I've, I've literally walked my path. I've never stepped off of my path. I've learned to follow my intuition back when I was a child. And when my, I would, the, as someone told me a long time ago is the ego yells and is really loud, but the soul whispers. So you have to be really quiet and find places of, of solitude and, and silence to be able to hear where your next journey is. But the soul and your intuition will never lie to you. Your gut never lies to you. So I've moved all over across the country. I've, I've changed jobs. I've done, I, I've lived in Florida for six months on Craigslist where I just like did gigs on Craigslist every day. I pulled up and like power wash a swimming pool or mow a yard or clean someone's garage out. I worked at a strip club, you know, like waiting, waiting tables for, for three weeks. Like I did all kinds of shit, like just to like fuck around to see what the world's all about. So. I love you, dude. You're so amazing, bro. And I want to, I want to follow in your footsteps and dude, I think we can change the world together. I'm really happy that John has connected us that we've met, that we've done this podcast. So let's review. Let's review. Okay, Absolutely. this is my intuitive uh, dissertation on um, what I have absorbed from you. So uh, the mind and the body are intrinsically connected. The prison that we set up in our mind affects our life and our body. The object is to get out there and play as much as possible as when you were a kid. Move the body in various different ways, which will allow you to move the mind in different ways and solve your own problems. My children are in Waldorf school and, and we're, I'm a big Steiner guy. So this is an alignment with his principles. You also mentioned Nikola Tesla, which I do believe his whole body of work is coming to the forefront now, whether you like it or not, whether you know who he is or not, or whether you think Elon Musk is Nikola Tesla. I don't care. All yeah. that information is coming to the forefront and you don't have to think about it. People like us are already thinking about it. So play, uh, psychology, healing, uh, simplicity, basics. That's what I got from this talk. Is there any other holes you want to you fill on that? You want to build some structure or supply chain around no. that? I mean, it's really like, that's really the basis of it. That was like, like, like boiling it down to that. Let's see if we can boil it down to nothing. And like realize that, you know, as I always tell everybody, like when, when baby wants mom, baby sees mom and knows it has to get there somehow. 
we don't yell at baby to say you went to you crawled to your mom wrong right so it's a point a to point b world of the baby trying to figure out how it's going to get to mom so that's really the the basis of everything is like you're getting from point a to point b any way you can with what you have and what you know and then as you keep growing and keep learning and keep studying and, and mimicking and watching and trying it doesn't matter like you only learn from doing so you can only read you can read and read and read and listen but in, until you start fucking up you don't really get better at anything so it's just like a baby that fell down 300 times i mean you all of us all you're out walking right now and you probably fell 300 times before you learned how to walk but you're still fucking walking so i studied i studied infant development with paul check so yeah it's a big it's a big deal the way we, we move. And I've also studied brain development with my children being in Waldorf and we've taken PE out of the regular schools. And I see now gross motor skills and fine motor skills. My kids can knit needle point. They can fix things. They can build things. Uh, and then I go to the monkey bars down at the beach uh, or the public spaces and kids can't move. Yeah. And my kids are flying around like monkeys. And so, and they had their own challenges when they came from public school. Originally, the teachers were like, hey, you know, Steiner is all about brain development, as above, so below. If their gross motor skills, if they can't do the monkey bars, then they can't do certain things in their mind. So get them on the monkey bars, get his monkey bar training up. And sure enough, they did. They crossed that barrier. Um, it was a small adjustment early on in their development, less than seven years old. Their nervous system is still building. And now my kids are full-blown monkeys and active. And I don't take any crap and coronavirus lockdown and I'm glued to the Zoom for six hours. And no, get your ass out on the trails. Here's a, yeah. You don't want to be well, there? Here's a, here's a tough dose of he tough shit. Well, because <laughs> that's, that, that's the self-preservation thing. So if your body is weak or you're unable to escape threat, you're not going to be thinking clearly enough. Because your, all of your thought processes... Say that again. Say that again. If you're not strong enough to escape threat or run away from something that's happening to you, your mind will be more focused on the fact that you're in danger than it is to be learning and growing and, and playing. So your kids, your body needs to be strong. I ask people that all the time. It was like, could you run away a mile if something was chasing you? If you were, if you were presented with a threat, could you get away? Yeah, I just made the hand movement because I want John and the, and the marketing team to cut that piece up and put that into the front of the video. This is, listen, I do a lot of interviews. I make a lot of content. I got thousands of videos online. This is one of the most important interviews that I have ever done. And I think you are really on to something. And I feel more grateful and faith in humanity that we've had this conversation today and we've only just begun. Um, so where, how can people interface with you? Um, what's your website? If you want to put your email or phone number, I, I don't care what you want to do. Just let the people know where they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So website is movetherapy.org. Uh, my Instagram is infinite underscore movements. And then my Facebook page is move massage Raleigh. And you can find me on either one of those. I do one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions. I'm doing uh, like one-on-one -on -one virtuals. I'm also doing like small groups. So if you want to do five or six people or your family and do a group session together, 
with the blocks, then we can do that. So I always suggest to people, if you, you know, I said this in a recording the other day, it was like, if you are embarrassed to play and do the blocks in front of your spouse, you may want to reflect on that a little bit later and why you don't feel safe being silly in front of the person that you're supposed to be safe with. Oh yeah. Oh, so. listen, I'm going to be calling you after this. I need some <laughs> SOS over here. And so around safety and security, yeah, you know, and that's a real, uh, the primary function of our nervous system is, are we safe? Yeah. And I, I need some help with, a family member of mine that, that doesn't necessarily feel that even though I, I can provide as much as I can. So, uh, John, you're amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. John is the one <laughs> who hooked us up together. Yeah. John, you're amazing. John, John is Logos, amazing. John's a great guy. I love John, you know, and, and sometimes as a, as a business partner, I can be a little harsh and hard and, and uh, intense, but he is an amazing soul. And uh, he came to me, you know, he wanted to help my, my, my mission. And so I appreciate John. I appreciate you, Joseph. Uh, get out, encouraging you guys to get out there and play. You can't do it wrong. Do stuff that you've never done before. Jump in a cold body of water because that'll make you move differently. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I took my so, ice cold shower before I came on here. So I know that one. You're like, that'll wake you up real quick. Yeah. And let's get you out here to Sedona as soon as possible, bro. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. God bless, Joseph. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. Text, uh, text John. Make sure I can get your number. Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay. God bless. Thank you Take care. for your work, you, brother. Thank you.